Welcome to the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. To learn more about Salem Alliance, including gathering times and other resources, visit us online at salemalliance.org. Today's talk is given by Rob Basham. Amen. Church family, you can have a seat. Thank you, Pastor Doug. Thank you, Pastor Adela. Thank you, worship team, for leading us so well today. Glad you are in the room with us. To those of you joining us on live stream, glad you're with us as well. Thanks for braving the wind and the rain. Wow, it's pretty nasty out there. My name is Rob. I'm the lead pastor here. You'll notice over here by the cross, there is a rose, and roses signify new life in Christ. About a week and a half ago, Deborah came in, and she wanted to pound a ribbon into the cross. Would you celebrate that with us today? Also, I wanted to make you aware that this coming weekend, Friday, Saturday, and then even on Sunday is our Next Steps weekend, and we're inviting you to consider what your next discipleship step might be, and so we're offering just a variety of different seminars and just different talks, and I wanted to show you quickly how you can go ahead and register for those. So if you go onto our website and you just scroll down from the homepage, just go down about halfway and you will see Next Steps weekend. Go ahead and you click on that button right there to learn more, and you will see an assortment of different offerings that we will be offering. If you scroll down a little bit, you'll see the registration tab. That's where you go. We do have some limited child care available, so you're going to want to sign up for that sooner than later. But we have an on-mission workshop. If you haven't done our recognizing God's voice on how to be in tune with that, I'd encourage you. Some of you in the room, you're thinking about becoming a partner here at Sam Alliance. Join us for that. I'll get to lead that one. Two different marriage seminars, as well as a blended family seminar. Just a whole host of offerings, how to do deal with transition, baptismal class, Ephraim's leading something on how to read scripture. And so just encourage you, what might your next step be? Some of these are a Friday, Saturday, some of them are just Friday, some of them are just Saturday, some of them are just Sunday, but all the information you need to get registered is there online. Would you consider your next step in joining us for that next weekend? This is week two of our new series, Gifts passions, and story. And last week, we kicked it off. Last week, we just looked at a scriptural truth. We looked at this idea that Jesus's mission is to fill everything everywhere with all that he is. And for some reason, he chooses to use us, his church, to fulfill that mission, for us to carry the truth of who he is everywhere he goes. We were looking at Ephesians 2, and was specifically Ephesians 2.10. I want to put that up and read it again for you here. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Throughout this series, we're challenging you to memorize this this simple verse, and I know that's difficult because some of you have memorized it in other versions. This is the NLT, the New Living Translation, but let's see how you did. I hope that you prepared. Keep looking at it right now. Real last quick look. Here we go. Let's put it up with a couple of words missing. Would you read it out loud with me? For we are God's... He has created us in Christ Jesus so we can do the he planned for us long ago. Wow. That's the best so far. You definitely were better than last night and way better than 8 o'clock. 
I don't think they're on live stream watching. They've already heard it. So hopefully we're safe with that. But well done. Next week, there may or may not be another pop quiz with a few more words missing. But thanks for being part of that. And thank you to the many of you in this room that started just this journey with us. One of the things we did is we, we released this assessment that we can kind of just understand and take this assessment to learn about our gifts and our passions and our story. And over 400 of you at least started that and got through the gifts portion. 400 people are already engaging in this conversation. So huge thank you to that. If you weren't here last week and you're like, what are you talking about? You can go back and watch last week's sermon, but also it's not too late to start the assessment. You can do that by finding it online. I'll put up our QR code again. I just want to do real time out real quick. Some of you, I realized last week, I realized this. When we put up the QR code, there's a lot of flashes going off. And I was like, huh. There's a lot of people that don't know how to use a QR code, right? So just real quick, the QR code, you don't take a picture of it. You just put your camera on it. This little link will appear. You click on that link. It'll take you to where you need to go. But we do like it when we see flashes. Here at Stam Alliance, we aren't the most interactive audience. I don't know how to change that. We don't get a lot of amens. We don't get a lot of hallelujahs. What we get are phones that go up that do sometimes go off with flashes. That's like my amen. That's like, you're with me. So that's all right. We like the flashes. Amen. I mean, it's a good, shh. And so here we go. We're basing much of our series on this truth that we are each created to play a unique role in bringing peace to our city. That's the truth that, that's the underlying truth that we see throughout scripture, that we're all invited in to play a role, regardless of our age, our skill level, our status in society. We have all been brought in. We're all qualified masterpieces who have been invited to bring the peace of who God is to our communities everywhere in the Willamette Valley. You often hear us say around here, we exist to bring the peace, the presence, and the power of Jesus to our spheres of influence. And here's the deal. I know right away when I say you have a sphere of influence, and I ask you, what is your sphere of influence? Some of you check out immediately. But here's the deal. We all have relationships. We all take up a level of space here in this city. And the bottom line is that if you are a Christ follower, you have influence. You reflect his presence wherever you go, and therefore you are influential. If you are a Christ follower, you have the spirit of God in and on you. And that means that any time you enter a room, you have the power to proclaim blessing, healing, and peace. Therefore, you are a person of influence. If you are a Christ follower and you know that you have access to this peace that transcends all understanding, even on the days where you're struggling to access that transcendent peace for yourself, you still have the power and authority to speak peace into a room or over a person. And therefore, you have influence. You have influence. Church family, I need you to believe this truth. Today, I'll be weaving in and out of the story of the life of David, and oftentimes, we think that we are not qualified to be the people that God will use to further and advance his kingdom, his ways in our world. But when we look at the story of David, we see over and over how God uses him. If you even think to David's calling, David is a shepherd boy, and and we have this, Samuel is, is told by God, go to the household of Jesse, because one of his sons will be the future king of Israel, and I will show you which one, and you will anoint him. So Jesse goes, Jesse is met by Samuel, and Samuel's like, I want to see your sons. One of them will be the future king. And he brings his oldest son out first, and his oldest son is tall and strong and has all these kingly features, and yet God tells Samuel, that's not him. 
In fact, it says in scripture that God doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart and he says that's not him. And he continues to bring his sons and line them up. And over and over, over and over, Samuel is told that's not him. That's not him. And he finally goes to Jesse. Is this really all your sons? I'm confused. Is this all of them? And Jesse remembers the son that he's kind of cast away, the youngest, the one that he has sent out to simply care for the sheep, the one that David, who even in the psalm says, I'm a foreigner in my own family. My brothers don't even know me. That's the one that comes. And when he comes and Jesse says, this is my other son, Samuel says, this is the king. You see, I don't think anyone was expecting that in the moment. And I think for some of us, we're not expecting that God would use us, but we cannot disqualify ourselves. We are all a masterpiece. And good works have been planned in advance. And we get to discover what those are, partner with God, and see his peace and his power and his presence come to our valley, come to our city, through our relationships, in our families, through our work and at school. And so before we jump in and talk about gifts this morning, I need you to understand this. Church family, each of you, you are qualified. You have influence, and you have been invited to play a role. This morning, we get the opportunity to look at our gifting, both our natural gifting as well as our supernatural, our spiritual gifting, our spirit-empowered abilities. What I hope to do here in the next few minutes is help us just further discover the gifting that we have and also just give you some advice on how to operate in your gifting, how to engage with your gifts. And so let me start by talking about our natural gifting. Whether you're in this room and you know Jesus or not, you have natural gifting. You have skills, you have acquired skills and abilities. Some of you speak multiple languages. Some of you speak Spanish. Some of you speak French. Most of our choir speaks Swahili. Many of you realize that that is not your skill as you tried to sing these words today, right? Anybody else struggling? Just me? I mean, when I get to the Arabic, even that's tough for me. It's so hard, you know? And so you have these skills. Some of you in this room have this license that allows you to drive really big buses. That's an acquired skill, and it's a really good skill to have. Some of you are nurses. Some of you, uh, some of you just have a gift of hospitality. And when people come to your house, they just sense this, just, this beauty that is happening. Some of you are good with money. And you're able to sit with young families or even those who are older and help them create a financial plan for the way forward. People of all faiths have these natural abilities that allow our communities, our cities to flourish. It's part of common grace. When I had the privilege of leading a, an NGO, a non-government organization, a nonprofit, international nonprofit in the Middle East, as our staff began to grow and we hired more and more Arabs, I mean, it was very evident. There's not many Christians in the Middle East. So most of our staff were Muslim. And you know what? They were brilliant. They were gifted. They were skilled. And they were people of goodwill that wanted to see their city flourish as much as I wanted to see their city flourish. When Salem for Refugees was launched and 200 people would come for these Monday lunches to just get an idea and break into these, these table groups, who's going to handle education and health care and all these things, we quickly realized how many of these people were simply people of peace that live in our city but don't know Jesus but want to see our city flourish. This is what it means to have natural abilities and skills acquired or some that you're born with. And David acquired skills in his life. 
In fact, we see later in 1 Samuel 17 that David is, is taking some food out to his brothers, which shows his brothers are in the military. He's not even old enough to be there. And he takes his food out, and they're getting ready, and there's this giant Goliath that's taunting the people of Israel, saying, who's going to fight me? Let's go one-on-one. And David is just so, he's offended by it. And so he goes to Saul, and he says, anybody going to do anything about this? He says, I'll fight this guy. Saul laughs him off. He says, you're just a boy. Get out of here. But David persists. And in verse 34, it says, I... David, speaking to Saul, says, I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears. David is He's intense. And I'll do this to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. He finally wears Saul down, and Saul says, fine, it's on you. You go for it. May the Lord be with you. And Saul gives him all of this armor and the sword, and you know the story. And David can't even move in it. He's not a big guy, so he has to take it all off. And he says, I don't need any of that. I can't. That's not natural to me. That's not how I know how to do things. And so we see in verse 40 that he simply goes to the river. In verse 40, it says he picks up five smooth stones from a stream, puts them in his shepherd's bag, and all he takes is a shepherd's staff and his sling, and he starts across the valley to fight the Philistine. And most of us know how this story ends. He uses that sling that he's so good with and he nails the giant between the eyes and the giant goes down. Here's what I want you to see here though. It's his natural ability. This ability to utilize a swing as a a sling as a dangerous weapon that he has cultivated as he has been out in nature protecting the sheep. He has gotten good at it, and it's that natural ability that God chooses to use in that moment. And so my question for us is, what's your sling? What's my sling? What are my ordinary, everyday abilities and skills? It's my hope that those of you that took the assessment, you got to see some of those natural abilities, some of those natural skills, and as you did, the next question is, am I willing and available to use these for the mission of Jesus? Because so often, that's what he uses, just our natural skills and our natural abilities. Shameless plug. February 10th, it's a Friday night. Night to Shine will be happening in this building. Many of you have already signed up. Over 400 volunteers have already signed up to help Night to Shine. We need, we need like 250 more. It's a big event, a really big event. Here's the deal. Some of you have natural abilities that we need. Some of you look really good in those like fluorescent yellow vests that like sparkle. You look good in those vests. We need you to help with parking. Some of you, you know you shine on the dance floor. We still need some more buddies to walk around that night, to spend an hour on the dance floor with someone. We're looking for people to help with food prep. We're looking for people to help with security and different things like that. And some of you in this room, that's a great, simple way to get started, to utilize your natural ability to bless our community. And after the service, Ashley and Amy will be out there. They can help you sign up if you are interested. But the question here is, how does God want to use my natural gifting to expand his peace to my areas of influence? Many of you are already actively doing it. Some of you are showing up early on the Saturdays that we do Feed Salem, and with your gift of organization, you are getting all the food in the right places and all the forms ready to go. And you're building out the systems. 
And some of you are waking up and you're chopping wood so that people can have their homes heated and you're volunteering with roars and you're using your natural abilities in a powerful, powerful way. But here's the deal. Those of us that are followers of Jesus, it doesn't stop there because there's also these supernatural abilities, these supernatural spirit-empowered gifts that we have access to. And that's where I want to spend most of our time because we, the church, this body of believers, we have these abilities. The natural abilities, they accomplish great things. They can help a society flourish, but it's the supernatural gifts that bring breakthrough. They bring breakthrough. They change the whole spiritual realm of a room of a city, of a school. These are the gifts that we inherit at our second birth when we become followers of Jesus. These are the gifts that we get to tap into as we accept the invitation of Jesus to bring redemption, to bring just this level of restoration everywhere we go. And we see this in the life of David, to stay consistent. We, we continue to see in his story this time where his natural ability was used in a supernatural way. You see, Saul is still king, but the favor of the Lord has gone away from Saul. In fact, he's being tormented by an evil spirit. And we see that, that, that what they do when that happens is they summon David. But David doesn't come in with his sling. David comes in with his harp, another acquired skill that he has, the ability to play the harp. But when David plays the harp in front of Saul, it is anything but natural because it has these supernatural results. You see, in 1 Samuel 16, 23, this is what we learned. Whenever the tormenting spirit from God troubled Saul, David would play the harp. And then Saul would feel better and the tormenting spirit would go away. You see, his natural ability was complemented with spirit empowerment and it had, it had a realm. It operated in a realm that was not in the natural realm. We don't know all the dynamics of what exactly is happening here, but we do know that his playing was spirit-empowered and it did something in the unseen. That's how oftentimes spirit-empowered gifts work. You see, spirit-empowered gifts are given to us by God so we can carry out our role in the life of the church and beyond. These gifts create the breakthrough. These are the kingdom come gifts. God's spirit complementing, coming onto our natural abilities for his kingdom's sake. Not all of the gifts would fall into this definition. There are gifts that are simply given to you in different times that are just pure, supernatural, spiritual gifts. The gifts of healing, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues are gifts that don't start from a natural ability. Those are just spirit-empowered gifts that many in this room have and that we here at Sam Alliance believe are still in operation today. But what I want to focus on here are these spiritual gifts, oftentimes, our natural abilities that are overtaken by the Spirit. And so my question in this is, what's your harp? What is your Spirit-empowered ability that brings the ways of Jesus to your community? It brings the ways, of, it brings this breakthrough that you can't explain that wouldn't have happened on your own natural strength or wisdom or ability. You see, we see throughout Scripture these different lists of gifts and how to operate them. One of those places is 1 Peter 4.10. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Stop there. There's a variety of these gifts. And he's the one that chooses which gift each of us gets. 
Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Throughout scripture and other places, especially in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, we see these lists of spiritual gifts. In fact, many of you, as you walked in today, someone handed you a list of these spiritual gifts, and I encourage you, take that home, look at those. Many of you have taken the assessment, but if you haven't, here, assess yourself. What gifts do you have? Ask a friend, a family member to to look at it and tell you what they think you might have. Sometimes, honestly, the best gift assessment is simply asking other people. Those of you on live stream, just also a quick shout out. That's available in our Bible study guide. You can find that through the digital bulletin. You can find that if you just scroll down and you'll find the Bible study guide there. But that list is available to you and I encourage you also to use it as a resource. But let me pause here because I think for many of us in this room, again, if you're a follower of Jesus, I believe you have a spiritual gift. It tells us that in Ephesians 4. Many of us in this room, I believe, have been operating in our spiritual gifting a lot more than we think we have been. Many of you can operate in your spiritual gifting every day, but some of you, it becomes so natural to you that you actually miss it. And some of you are are like, it's not special. Everybody has that gift. No, they don't. They don't. Trust me. It's something that God has blessed you with so that you can spread it. And so the question you might have is, well, how do I know if if it's supernatural? I mean, it just feels like a natural ability, but you're telling me maybe it's a supernatural ability, and it's a good question. Here's my best response to that question. When the effectiveness is out of proportion with what you've put into it in your natural, it's probably a spirit-empowered gift. You know how sometimes when your kid has an absolute meltdown and you're like, something else is going on because your like meltdown right now is not like, it doesn't line up with the fact that like they stole like an M&M. It's like that with spiritual gifts. They create such a level of breakthrough that it doesn't line up, that there's something greater that's going on. And some of you, some of you have, have the gift of encouragement. Maybe, maybe you, were, you were somewhere and you gave a word to someone. But it brought this like emotional response from them. In fact, it seemed to change the trajectory of their day, maybe even their month when you spoke that word. And there was an emotion behind it. You probably have the spiritual gift of encouragement. Some of you are incredible at opening up your house and you love to prepare just that gourmet meal for for a group of young adults or for another family or just some people on your street. And when they come in, they're using words like, man, this just feels like, this, this reminds me of growing up. It just feels like home. And there's this sense of belonging that is quickly cultivated. And the conversation goes deep. And there's just this trust that happens. And as they get ready to leave, there's just this awkward, like, let's do this again. And they're not talking about what you serve them with regards to food. They're talking about the community that was just cultivated. You probably have the spiritual gift of hospitality. You see, I think that we operate in these more than we think. And these gifts, they bring this inbreaking of something indescribable. How do you know when it's supernatural? I think you just kind of know. You kind of know because you start to operate in 4D, not 3D. It's this fourth dimension, and that dimension is the heavenly realm. And we pray on earth as it is in heaven. And so that fourth dimension is actually heaven invading earth for God's purposes. His kingdom come. 
on earth as it is in heaven. And when you are operating in your spiritual gifts, you are literally bringing heaven to earth and breakthrough is happening. And many of you are already doing that. Ordinary life, ordinary abilities, when they become spirit empowered, they something awakens, something happens, something otherworldly takes place. Some of you in this room, you've given a gift that you've created with your own hands. Maybe it was a wood carving or a, a crocheted piece, or maybe it was a drawing that you, you, you put together and you gave it to someone. And immediately something broke in them, like they were seen. And it spoke this new, you probably have the spiritual gift of craftsmanship. Some of you in this room have been asked to step out of your comfort zone and pray for someone. And you were like, I don't even know how to do this. I don't have the words. And you start to open up your mouth and you bring Jesus into this and the spirit comes upon you and you lose track of time and you start blessing them and you see the breakthrough happen and you see emotion happen and you're honestly, you're operating almost in a different reality and you're done and you're like, what? You probably have the spiritual gifts of intercession. What I'm trying to say, church family, is be on the lookout because many of us have already been functioning in these gifts. And the more we realize that and call it what it is, the more we recognize how much we are partnering with Jesus to bring his peace and his presence and his power everywhere we go. And I believe that as our awareness increases and as we develop these giftings, we are going to see more breakthrough in our communities, in our schools, in our workplaces, and in our families. And so, as we begin to operate in these, I want to just give us some quick advice as we kind of end today. In their book, Find Your Place, Rob Winger and Brian Phillips, these two pastors, they're actually the co-creators of the assessment that many of you have taken. They give us some simple advice on how to operate in our gifting. Four things that I want to share with you today. The first is this. Gifts were given to make you helpful, not happy. Gifts were given to make you helpful, not happy. Ouch, right? That's an important, important thing. They're not there to make you happy. They're there to build the church, to bring glory to God, to encourage other people, and they always need to be based in love. And it's important that we don't compare the gifts that we have been given. You see, I have the gift of administration. And if I was to be honest with you, and this was the stock market floor, who has craftsmanship, I want to trade. I want, don't be like me. Don't compare your gifts. You see, as I've grown into my gift of administration, I realize that it's super helpful to people, that I can see what needs to get done. I can set up the system. I can set up the plan. I can knock out a bunch of emails really quickly. I can make the calls, and it actually doesn't, it doesn't exhaust me. And I'm, I'm learning to see that's a gift, and not everybody has it. I've realized that over the years. Not everybody can do that. What is your gift? You see, out of the abundance of gifts, he has chosen to give you one. And he hasn't messed up. When we realize that God is the one that orchestrates it and chooses who gets what gifts, that's just so freeing. We get to just walk in it. Second thing, gifts foster interdependence, not independence. 1 Corinthians 12 is all about this. We, the church, are a body made up of many parts. And Christ is the head. And it is very clear that we need all the parts operating together for the kingdom to advance. One of the most incredible things about being part of a larger church is all the gifts are always represented. We can find people with the giftings. And it's so fun to help match people up with their giftings and what we need as a church so that we can bring peace to our city. It's a powerful thing. But no, it doesn't mean we get to go alone. Third, gifts are to be used to their fullest potential. 
I'm going I'm to stay here for just a second. Don't squander them. Grow in them. One of the ways that you can grow in your spiritual gift is to find someone with a similar spiritual gift that is further along than you and shadow them, apprentice with them, minister with them, allow them to push you out of your comfort zone. But here's the most important thing with this. You want to grow in your gifting? Please hear me. If you want to grow in your gifting and authority, there's only one way that happens. Intimacy with Jesus. Your authority grows as your intimacy with Jesus grows. As you spend time in his word, as you behold who he is, your gifting will expand, your authority and your influence will expand. But here's here's the caution. So many people realize their spiritual giftings and they get so excited using it that they seek the hands of the Lord and they stop seeking his face. Do you understand this? They seek his hands because it's fun to see the kingdom advance and they stop seeking his face. The only way you will grow in authority is you continue to seek his face. When we stop doing that, that's where we get this imbalance and that's where spiritual malpractice takes place. And we don't want to see that around here. Fourth and finally, gifts are more a means to love so we can love others than they are something to be loved. Okay? So they're always based in love. Always based in love. The book of Corinthians makes that so crystal clear. Without love, behind these gifts, they are useless. We see this, 1 Corinthians 12 is listing all these gifts, we as the body. In the last verse, it says this, but now let me show you the way of life that is best of all. And we enter into the chapter of love. Without love, these gifts are just, they're an annoying symbol. They're a resounding gong. They have to be based in love. Church family, you have natural abilities. And if you are a follower of Jesus, you have been given supernatural gifting as well. I bless you as you discover what that is. Those of you that haven't taken the assessment, can I encourage you, take the assessment. Next week, we'll talk about passions. Consider setting some time aside. And for those of you that did take it, continue to process, continue to discover how God has uniquely made you to play a role. Do that in your life group. Do that around the dinner table. We even have coaches here at church that those of you that have taken the test and finished it have received an email. We have coaches ready to sit and have coffee with you 40 to 60 minutes and just talk to you about what your gifting is and how you can engage and get involved in our city, in our church, in the valley to bring blessing and flourishing. As we close today and as the worship team comes back out, can I just encourage you? We want to commission you as you walk in your giftings. So would you stand and receive this blessing, this commissioning today? God, we declare that you are a good father and that you are the one who offers these gifts. It is through your grace and your grace alone. And so, Lord, I just bless those who you have given the gift of creativity to in this room. For some, that it's natural, but they haven't seen how your spirit can come and use that to just push back things. Lord, would you release new levels of art into our society, into our church, Lord, so that we can discover who you are. Where words won't suffice, Lord, would you release new levels of creativity in Jesus' name? Lord, for those with the gift of encouragement that just feel like they're giving just a, a kind word to people, would you allow, would your spirit come upon them? Would you challenge, use them to challenge people and, and bring a healthy level of encouragement and reminding people who they are in Jesus? Lord, I bless those with the gift of evangelism, Lord, as they spread sensitively just who you are and invite people to experience your goodness. May your spirit come upon them. Lord, would you release faith 
Those with the gift of faith, would you allow them to tell the testimonies of what you have done, to bring faith into their family, into the classroom, into their workplace? Lord, I bless those with the gift of mercy in this room. Lord, as they drive around and see things that others might not even see, injustices in our city, Lord, I pray that you would bring their empathy, that you would put those with gifts of mercy into positions of leadership in our city, Lord, so that we can see mercy rise. And finally, Lord, for those with the gift of prophecy in this room, Lord, I pray that they would begin to operate. Lord, that you would allow them to realize you have crafted them that way that they have insights into the spiritual realm that not everybody has, would you bring them into community where they can grow, where they can try out their gifting, and would you allow them to be leaders in this church so that we can continue to be a church that follows your cloud and follows the way of your spirit? Lord, speak to us. We tell you we are ready. We anticipate what you will do through us, but it's only through your spirit that we move. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Salem Alliance podcast. We hope you have been challenged and inspired. Salem Alliance is a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. To experience other messages and discover more about who we are, please visit salemalliance.org or download the Salem Alliance app. And again, thanks for listening.